What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Diddleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Welcome, everybody. New listeners, old listeners. I don't mean old in terms of age, but welcome. We talk about magic and minds and sometimes a little bit of marketing, which we have a little follow-up with today based on a voiceover session that was recorded in a commercial. I'm Matt. This is Eric. And here we are. Hey, I, yeah, I'm excited to hear because, again, we're just looking over the show notes, our little outline we have. And I saw a VO session. I was like, I thought we covered that last week. Uh, but what's going on with that, Matt? <laughs> well, where we left off, uh, I had rejected a couple of uh, passes that were sent yeah. my way, if you mm-hmm. recall. Yeah. And I was hopping off of the podcast to jump on a phone call to actually be there audibly for the next session right. so I could sort of um, direct or coach the the voiceover session. Yeah. As and, it was happening, you were giving notes essentially, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I actually walked away from the session feeling kind of hopeful. I was like, okay, Good. I think it's in there somewhere. Nice. And, and not to take away anything uh, from the person doing it either right. because, and we've talked about this before too, like, you know, casting the right, the right face, the right voice. It just needs to be the right fit too. Mm -hmm. But we didn't get a whole lot of um, one takes, like single good takes, like, ooh, that might be it to choose from. It was like, okay, I think it could work if we took the first sentence from take 20 and the second sentence from take four. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the old days where would it literally be on tape, you would do a lot of like literal splicing of cutting up the tape and putting it all, piecing it together literally, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm, call me old school, but I'm a believer of, um, you know, I I think those one takes, if you can get them, are so natural, even when it Mm -hmm. comes to music and singing and and bands, whatever. Um, So just to to back up a little bit, we're talking about a new commercial. Uh, Mm -hmm. It airs at the airports and sometimes on TV and things for my Las Vegas show. And we wanted to update that. So it has sort of a, a music track behind it and a voiceover while you're seeing clips from the show. And I was hopeful that it was like, okay, maybe it's in there. It got sent my way. And it, I, it just wasn't right. No, still not right. Okay. It's, it just it just wasn't it. At what point do you change gears and you're like, maybe this is the wrong guy? In that exact moment, <laughs> I said, you know what? I got a guy. Really? Yeah, I, 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 I had someone in mind. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not sure. Have you met Matt Bennett? No, I don't know Matt. Okay. Matt's a, a friend of mine here in Vegas. I met him through Ted, actually, because he moved mm-hmm. here the same time Ted did from Los Angeles. And he does voiceover work on the side. He's in lots of uh, commercials and such. And I've heard his work and like, it's unbelievable. I'm like always so impressed by it. So I called up Matt. I said, hey, listen, just read this script. You could just do a voice note on your phone. I gave him no direction. Send it over. You know, I'll let the director hear it and uh, we'll go from there. See if we can lock this in. Uh, before you go on, just uh, it's so funny that you changed gears because I know we have listeners that do some voiceover work that might have been chomping at the bit <laughs> that could have if they had known there was a chance to to jump in. You could have done, done like auditions. <laughs> I, I've gotten a lot of funky messages. <laughs> funky is the word you put in in yes. all caps. If you want me to read a DM from you on Instagram, mm-hmm. just start it with the word funky in all caps. I've gotten a lot of those, but not a single one. Uh-huh. has pitched their voiceover work. Gotcha. <laughs> but if you're listening and your voiceover, you got to let me know. Yeah, yeah. 
Please do. No, I mean, that's awesome. Um, in case Matt Bennett's not available because he really, really does a great job. Within an hour, mm-hmm. I received the recordings, listened to them on my phone for the 8 second, the 15 second, and the 30 second. Multiple different types of takes because I gave him no direction. He's like, all right, this one's a little more edgy. This one's more peppy. And uh, I listened to them on my phone, and I thought they sounded amazing. And I, I said, that's it. This is what we're doing, right? Yeah. I did Before I even sent it to anybody. Nice. I was just like, yeah, it's over. <laughs> this is it. Uh, so I, uh, I didn't realize he didn't just create voice notes because I was listening to it on my phone. He actually did it in his home studio. Oh, and recorded So it. the quality's already there. Mm. I thought I was going to have to send him into the same, same studio and whatnot to do it. Um, wow. Where the person who recorded it last time owns the studio. Oh, funny. That would have been <laughs> awkward. Hey, by the way, you're fired, but we're still going to rent your studio. Can you? And I, and I did ask the director, too. I was like, is it, is it awkward at all? He's like, no, no, absolutely not. He's mm-hmm. still going to be the one to edit it and all of that. And it's everyone's professionals. It's all good. And again, it's really good. nothing personal whatsoever. Right. I and he gonna... did a great job. It just wasn't the right fit. And I, and I kind of like the idea of getting it all in one take and the natural sound that I wanted, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, were you uh, like firing someone from a job could be tricky. I mean, there's that whole podcast we referenced before of Dead Eyes, uh, which is, uh, you know, an actor getting released from a part that they thought they got. So as long right. as you didn't like um, emotionally scar someone, <laughs> are you ever I hope thinking not. about that when? when you have to change gears like that yeah yeah no i, I it, it, yeah it's it's i i wasn't sure if it was the right move but as soon as i, mm-hmm. I heard the recordings i said this is it yeah. and uh anyway it's i haven't gotten the final versions yet of like it all put together but um mm-hmm. i think it's sealed up and done i'm just waiting on receiving them at this point so when this is all set and ready to go, are is there going to be a way that we can get a copy out, maybe an advanced copy for our listeners? I like that idea yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I like that idea a lot. Yes, why not? Let's try it. We'll figure You're it out. A little exclusive, if you will. Yeah, try and maybe put it on our socials or some mm-hmm. sort of, I don't know, if we had a page. We'll figure it out. We'll figure that it out. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be fun. So yeah, you're happy yeah. now. You're happy with the final product. And, uh, Absolutely. Oh, good. I just, good. I just, I feel like such a, um, you know, diva, rejecting it three times. But it's got to be right. And but you know, I, I, I felt better about myself. Not that this is about me, but like I did feel <laughs> like um, validated when I, I got the very first one from Matt, and I was like, that's it. No yeah. notes. Done. Yeah. You know. Right. Yeah. It's it's once you can know to change gears. It's it's being aware, and it's also having that standard, right? So. You can be, I don't know, come across diva-ish if it's not warranted, I feel. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. I think once all those pieces come together, it's kind of like the ends justifies the means in a way, right? Yeah, you got to care about your your product. You got to care about your art. You got to care about what you're putting out there. And um, you do what you can to just just get it to be what you want it to be and how you want it portrayed. So there you have it. There you go. Was that the only thing going on this week? You had um, shows, you're back back in the theater, everything's yeah. running smoothly. This was our first week back. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we're we're called Mind Over Magic, and, and you're yes. the mind, we're mentalism, I should yes. say, mind reader, right? Yeah, in your opening today, you were like, we cover mind, we cover magic. I was like, we've got another word. We, got, we don't really cover over <laughs> too, too often. <laughs> or, or is that the radio dialogue? It's like we're on walkie talkies, like over. over. <laughs> we say everything. Wow. <laughs> Look at you that. You just gave me an idea. What? 
I was going to say, we cover over every single episode. At the end, it's over. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> but wait a minute. It took us 82 episodes, but we've always kind of said, we don't really have a sign-off. Oh, you want it to be over? <laughs> like, literally to say over? Why not? We got the mind and the magic. All right, we'll try it at the end of this one, if we remember. And see you how can it just goes. hear the apprehension in your voice. I want you to know. It's a, if you're trying to cover it up, it's not working at all. There, we're going to try it. We'll see. I'm, I'm game. This is like when a reality TV show tries to get you to say things you don't want to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, no, we should give it a go. We'll give it, a, we'll we'll give give it the it old again. college try. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but anyway, I did some mentalism this week uh, in real life. You were at the oh, this was not part of was this part of your show or no? No, you didn't like just throw in a random mentalism piece no. in the middle uh-uh. of your face. I was I was okay. in the car on my way to the show, and I kid you not, this is gonna sound like I'm lying. It's one of those things where like after it happened, mm-hmm. and I'm like a, a realist, you know. But I really thought like, wow, how did I know that? Is is there oh, something funny. more? <laughs> You really felt you had psychic powers for a second? Uh, for a second, yeah. yeah. And like, you know, maybe just a, a really weird coincidence. So That is I'm a slippery slope, Matt. I'm just saying because there's a yeah. lot of mentalists I know that start buying their own um, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> powers, per se. So I'm on my way to the show, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm in the car with Tiana. And I say to Tiana, and I've never said this before, I say, you know, I think there's going to be someone famous at the show tonight. And this is a random Monday night. I just said, I, like, maybe even, like, a power couple. And she's like, okay, like, what do you mean? Like, I don't know. I just feel like there's going to be, like, a famous person at the show, maybe two, like a couple I'm picturing. And uh, she's, like, like an athlete or something. She said that. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe, right? Yeah. And so we get to the show. I perform the show. And during the cell phone bit, I borrow a girl's cell phone, and uh, at the end of the routine, I see her home screen. Do do people and know her, this bit? Uh, if they haven't seen your show, you want to describe it a little bit? Um, just a little bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, I did a version of it on America's Got Talent. Uh, I did a version of it with Rob Gronkowski. It's a it's a vanishing uh, borrowed cell phone that appears in an impossible place. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, in the case of America's Got Talent, I cut open a seat at, at Radio mm-hmm. City Music Hall. Yeah. Uh, in the show. Uh, I have a, a Vegas version of that, which is arguably even even better and more amazing. Yeah. Um, but you got to see it. You got to see it to believe it. I won't. I won't spoil too much right. here. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So you bring someone so, up on stage. Yeah, she's up on stage, um, and her significant other is participating in the trick as well. It involves two people. Uh, the other person participates from their seat. But anyway, at the end, I see her home screen, and it's her on a football field, oh, and okay. like hugging someone. Yeah. In theory, the the boyfriend that she's with. Right. So it's like, cool, they got access to this football field somehow. <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. clearly tell it's a um, an NFL field. Mm-hmm. And I could tell by the colors that it's either the Rams or the Chargers, which have like oddly similar colors for two teams that play in Los Angeles. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so, um, and that's all I know. I didn't, and then I I sent her uh, back back to her seat and move on with the show and the show's over mm-hmm. and backstage at the monitor i say um ted who, who who is this he's a football player he might play for the rams and uh his favorite team is the rams oh, okay yeah. and he goes well it's not a rams player they're playing tomorrow 
<laughs> or, or, or they just played yeah. yesterday or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're, they're in the middle of the playoffs, basically. Sure. They're not going to take the time out to come see a magic show in Vegas. They are not allowed to, as we learned on the Derek Carr episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, he, I, I said, maybe it's, um, maybe it's the Chargers. His name was Austin. He goes, oh, yeah, that's Austin Eckler, running oh. back. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, so I say, oh, okay, cool. I go on my phone and I go into my emails mm-hmm. and I type in the name Austin, sure. I, like a little search in my email. And it comes up immediately <laughs> because in less than a week from this show, he and I are appearing on a television show together. Oh, no way. Oh, that's crazy. And I received his name because because we're on the show together, I thought. But I guess I just received it because, you know... Um, I, w- I wanted to do magic for him and the host, and it's helpful for me to know who I'm working with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, I know he's going to be there. He must have known that I'm going to be there, and that's why he's here. It's not. It's just too s- coincidental. Right. He's scoping you out to see how he's going to interact with you on the show. Yeah, he's doing a little so. recon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's just doing a little recon. He happened uh-huh. to be in Vegas, whatever. And uh, so... Uh, Ted goes and grabs him. We bring um, him and his TikTok famous girlfriend backstage. Her name's Melanie. Very sweet as well. Um, and, and he didn't know that we were on the show together. Oh, so he just happened to come see your show. Yeah, so wow. his mom got them the tickets as a gift. She had heard good buzz about the show, and she got them <laughs> tickets as a gift. And, you know, we're just standing there back there, both like – you know, our minds are just being blown. We couldn't believe the coincidence of this that less than a week. So he lives in Vegas uh, on the off season, had come to the show, and then we're both going to L.A. to shoot a show, which, uh, I mean, I'll say it uh, as soon as I can say it here on the podcast right. what it is. We'll announce but it, yeah. anyway, uh, that is the crazy serendipitous slash mentalism story that happened to me this week. Okay, I'm going to say right off the bat, I think his prediction is more impressive than your prediction. And this, <laughs> this is why. This is why. Because knowing you, Matt, I have yeah. a feeling maybe you got caught some sort of win through the box office or whatever. You read Nothing. an email that he was going to be there at some point, and then nope. you just forgot. Nope. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then you use that as an excuse for this, quote, prediction, as you were telling no. Tiana. <laughs> no, come on. It's like a one-person pr- – that's a long con to do it just to just to fool her, don't you think? I don't think you were doing it consciously. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and then I think his was just like serendipity. That like no, no, no. He no. got tickets and you just happened to be doing the show. Although maybe he's just saying that too. I don't know. I'm very you, skeptical. You say, yeah, maybe he's, you're so skeptical. <laughs> More skeptical than I. You're like every person who doesn't believe that, um, you know, t- Tiana and I, when we first got together, it was because I, I butt dialed her and that's how we started talking. No one believes me. Everyone thinks that's just an impossible just story, story and there's no way that yeah. happened and that I did it on purpose, but it is true. I don't yeah. know how my flip phone went to the letter T at the time, but it happened. Yeah. yeah. Is that the first button when you have to do T9 or you have to press it three times <laughs> to get to T? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I just don't know. But anyway, crazy, crazy story. And, um, what a nice little introduction for us to, uh, 
you know, be interact. I feel it just makes the whole thing more organic when we yeah. uh, are interacting together on camera because we'll actually know each other. And you'll have a little story that you could tell on on the TV spot as well. I know, right? So that's that's gonna be a fun quizzes. And I do believe that this was just quizzes because weird coincidences like this happen all the time. They do. People they do attribute them to supernatural, and it's just like no. Sometimes the world works and weird things line up, and it's just mm-hmm. like that happens. It's nothing supernatural. It's just you know, as anyone who knows and the, the whole theory of like the matrix where we talked about, like running a simulation and so forth, if you do it so many times, things are going to line up. And just that's how the world works sometimes is things line up like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Amazing. So anyway, I uh, was excited to share that. And that story is over, over. <laughs> My question for you is uh, if you come up with an actual method, are you going to release this to the magic community? <laughs> and how to do this prediction? <laughs> I think I'll keep it close to my chest for a while, but you know, you never know. Maybe down the line it'll be in a book. It's called, it's called the Celebrity Coincidence Prediction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it only works once. <laughs> it, it only works when you don't know if it's actually going to work. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. I went around, uh, I had a couple shows this weekend. It was nice to be back on stage. I was in um, uh, uh, Pennsylvania doing a college, which was a lot of fun. That looked like a nice theater. It was really gorgeous theater. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was really fun. Um, I mean, we were trying to figure out how to, like, get the curtain shut because we were trying, like, you know, the old theaters with the ropes and everything, and there was no ropes to pull the curtain shut. And then we realized, oh, this is the newest building on campus. There's a button in the sound booth. Of course. (laughs) All that kind of stuff. It's a smart room. Yeah, it's all smart. And it was a good crowd, and uh, I think uh, it was, like, their first event back uh, for the new semester. So, uh, you know, obviously – same thing like we're saying this was like a mini version of no march 2020 when people didn't Mm -hmm. know you know seeing live theater so this was like kind of coming out of another small lockdown to reteach an audience how to be an audience again Uh, so at first i was like oh boy this is not going well (laughs) but uh, yeah just because everyone's masked and they're like unsure that they can you know, really emote and laugh and react. And then as the show went, they became like an audience again and just they had the best time. I had a long line of people lined up after the show that wanted to do autographs and photographs. So uh, I had a blast. It was really fun. Uh, so sometimes anything interesting kinda... during the show or is it kind of just clockwork? Everything was smooth. No, it was just again for me, it was uh, doing the full show after you know, the holidays was just like, again, I noticed a little bit of the the rest spots. And yes. I was just like, all right, just work through those. And again, the more I'm back on stage, the more I'm just going to be like, oh, yeah, that's how that goes. And those will all get smoothed out. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was, I had a blast and it was fun just performing and, and trying things. And, uh, and I only get to do my uh, selfie routine uh, at colleges, really, because everyone's just so quick and adept at uh, Instagram, which they right. need to get. <laughs> so depending on the, the, the audience type, like at a corporate with a bunch of, uh, you know, older generation, it's not as easy to be like, hey, everyone pop on your Instagram account. Right, right. <laughs> you know, so I, I like doing that routine. And it's fun. And I'm still finding beats because it's I've, even though I've been doing it for over a year now or yeah, or a little bit before the pandemic on and off, uh, I'm still finding ways to improve it. It's like that ongoing process, which I like doing. So felt yeah. good to get back out there. I'm sure. Absolutely. And then I, uh, I saw a show this past weekend. 
I went to a theater company called Company XIV, as I believe how it's pronounced. It it looks like Roman numerals, so I don't think it's called Company 14. I think they actually call it Company XIV. But it is a um it's a burlesque circus show. And Sounds like it's up your alley. It was yeah. I mean it's very risque. There's a lot of removing of clothing and you know, n- nothing fully naked, but uh, very, very close. But mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a circus show, and I had a friend in it, so I was trying to see this. This was their holiday show. They're, they're sort of based off the Nutcracker, so they're doing all these amazing dances and acrobatics to, you know, the classical music from the Nutcracker. Uh, but it's in this gorgeous theater that looks like, I don't know, it's kind of what you picture when you think of like Moulin Rouge from the movie or the uh, I saw the some theater. photos you put up there, yeah. yeah. With the red curtain and there was incense everywhere. They're doing absinthe shots at the bar. <laughs> and like It's mm-hmm, like very, mm-hmm. very uh, decadent is kind of the word they kept using for the snack. They had like chocolates and everything. So we got a little dressed up. Me and a friend went and uh, saw a friend that was in the show who is a juggler and he uh, he's also the bartender as well. So part of his shtick is he's at the bar before the show, but then you see him come up on stage and he's doing flair bartending and he's pouring shots for people in the crowd. And it's just, it was an amazing time. I mean, they had trapeze, they had the, you know, the ribbons. It felt like kind of a cross between the artistic side of uh of Cirque in a way, but more of like a little bit of the raunchy side of like mm-hmm. the Spiegel World shows in Vegas, sure. like an absinthe or opium because of it's got that kind of, uh, you know, naughty side to it as well. For but, some uh, reason, like circus, mm-hmm. the circus world feels like such real raw showbiz to me because everyone involved in it is so passionate about what they mm-hmm. do and so dedicated to their craft. Yeah. They don't question you know, if they're doing three shows a day, seven days a week, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it's like that circus world is just, you really devote your life to it. So it's like, that. Mm -hmm. it just feels like such real showbiz to me. And it's also one of those things too, is that it's like the costumes were gorgeous, like these really elaborate costumes, but then it's like, oh, also they're totally fine not wearing the costumes as well. <laughs> and yep. uh, a lot of these performers, there's a few people I knew in the show, but uh, again, my friend Sam the Juggler, I, I became close with uh, through the Rose Room shows that I was doing. So it was a lot of, you know, those kind of burlesque acts and everything. And at the end of those Rose Room shows, it felt awkward when we were doing curtain calls because, again, everyone's not wearing anything and I'm still wearing my full three-piece suit during the bow and i'm like that's how it should be that's the preferred way Mm -hmm. (laughs) so but anyway it was fantastic and i'm sure they're they're closing that show down um like this month maybe like one more week and then uh they're gonna start working on their next show and i'm gonna definitely try and get out there more often it's all the way in brooklyn which is you know hard to get to from where i am in the city right but, uh, but it was it was fun to explore part of uh of, of the city that i don't normally get to go to so I, I feel so behind when i talk to you because i i can't even i don't remember the last time i actually saw a live show like it might have oh, been yeah. usher whenever oh, right. that was yeah <laughs> yeah well you're also out doing shows like you have a show every night during mm-hmm. prime show times six nights a week yeah right, exactly so it's tough for mm-hmm. you to get out there but uh on my off nights i try and go see as many shows because I like to see what's out there and see how, you know, it's all all one showbiz. You can learn from what people do right and learn from what people don't do as well or doesn't mesh with your style. And it's fun to see the variety of it as well. But uh, 
I really, really loved uh, just the whole vibe of the place. It was just really, really cool to see. I didn't realize New York has as many shows as it does until you started telling me about all these different things. Well, I mean, everyone just thinks Broadway, but there's all these smaller theaters. There's off-Broadway. There's their own independent theaters. There's just, you can always find things to do. That's why I love living in the greatest city in the world. <laughs> and now, I, well, come on. I mean, I, I live in the greatest fake city. Fake city? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, people who live here call Vegas a town. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah, because exactly. it's just, it's like having Disney World in one spot. And right. then everything else is like, you know, doesn't yeah, feel that way. But yeah. do, now, does a show like that pull in tourism? Or you find it's uh, a local draw or both? Or I couldn't tell. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I think word of mouth spreads. And, uh, you know, there's all these, uh, you know, similar to what you have in Vegas, ticketing agencies that kind of will point people to certain shows if, if you know where to look. And there's like all these like, you know, those Instagram, like best shows to see, you know, those listicles that come up online. So it was listicles. Featured. Yeah, yeah. It's a fancy That's a word. word? Yeah, it's like uh, I think BuzzFeed kind of started the listicle idea of their articles, mm-hmm. but a list of things. So they just combined I gotcha, it. I gotcha, I gotcha. Okay, yeah, now yeah. I understand. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you learn something every podcast. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so that was amazing. Uh, definitely check it out. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was a good time. Very cool, very cool. Have you, are you have, like busy coming up? I feel so overwhelmed lately. Yeah, we're actually going to be uh, uh, taking a week off. Uh, we'll still have an episode, but uh, I'm going to be traveling. I've got shows coming up. Uh, as well. I know you're going to be traveling, right? Yeah. I mean, but even when I travel for leisure, um, mm-hmm. like getting leading up to that feels a little bit stressful. Sure. Yeah. To get all your ducks in a row and mm-hmm. just kind of, especially when you have busy things on both sides of it leading up to it. And then as soon as you get back, you kind of dive right back in, you know? Yeah. Well, let's put a pin in that because uh, since we're talking about travel, we're going to get to that in a moment. But let's get to um, some riddles and trivia, Matt. What do you say? Please. Let's go. Time for Diddle Me This. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles. Okay, this was actually a uh, a listener submitted riddle. And I don't think we've done it, but uh, apologies if we have. Um, you'll, you'll know if you have the answer right away, but, uh, this is from Stuart who, um, offered this riddle. So here we go. On my side, I am everything. Saw me in half. I am nothing. What am I? On my side, I am everything. Saw me in half. I am nothing. What am I? That is correct. You get a ding, ding, ding for reciting the riddle back. On my side, mm-hmm. I am everything. Saw me in half, I am nothing. So my mind first goes to like the word play of like, is there a word you cut in half and it becomes the word nothing? But I sure. think the answer is no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's very few words, especially with all like the the wordle being such a big, uh, you know, craze these days. Mm. You're, you're very much thinking word-wise. But uh, the word nothing only fits in a few words, so I don't think that's the right path to take. On my side, I am everything. So now I'm starting to think it's like liter- it's a little more l- literal. Um, saw me in half, I am nothing. So like something that when you saw it in half, it either becomes useless, that could be the meaning of nothing, or it sort of literally disappears maybe. Mm-hmm. 
the fact that you're struggling makes me happy that uh, we have not done this riddle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know so, you were questioning that before so, we started. So appreciate you, you, you sending this one in, Stuart. This is a good one for Matt. It is. Um, it's also hard, too. Sometimes I read riddles and I'm like, oh, I know this riddle, but I was like, have we done it on the podcast? It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Weird, but yeah, it's weird because my mind keeps going to the silly clowning slash magic gag where like you literally hold the word everything or nothing. You know those sponge words that I'm oh, talking yeah. about? Yeah, those are great. <laughs> so like my mind just keeps mm-hmm. going there. Uh, the, my uh, magic background will just not yeah. let up on that. Yeah. <sighs> Have you thought what about putting I... that into your show? Is just pulling out a sponge nothing? Listen, I'm above nothing. <laughs> if it, uh, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> if, if it fits and serves the purpose of the bit, it serves the purpose of the bit. There we go. But, but I don't have a use for it now. Right now, that's nothing to me. Nah. Uh, um, on my side, I'm everything. What is everything on its side? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the, that's the riddle part. I don't know. It just it feels too broad for me to be able to solve. All right, I'm going to give you the... But mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a hint. So okay. um, you were onto something. The second part is what clued it into me uh, first. So you actually do, quote, saw this in half. Not necessarily saw, but you can cut it in half. Mm-hmm. And then you were like, what is nothing then? What are other things that are nothing? Like, what are other synonyms? Like you were yeah, saying. Um, well, I all I came up with was, was useless or vanished. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, um, if you have an amount of nothing, what is that amount? Zero. Yep. So if you cut something in half, it's zero. Now think okay. of zero, not cut in half. <laughs> if you have two zeros put together, what does that look like? Oh, yeah. It's like an eight, like an infinity symbol. Yeah. So on the side, it's an infinity symbol. Yeah. But if you cut an eight in half, it's two zeros. Right. So that's is... the, You actually got that one? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I've heard that one before. Okay. So I, wow. Yeah, now yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a hard one. Um, so the answer is the number eight for those playing along at home. So sorry, Matt. You did not get that. I did not. <laughs> but it's a good riddle. It's again, it was so funny. You were so focused on words. I was like, well. What's not a word? Go for the number. It's a symbol. <laughs> it's a, a symbol. <laughs> no, I, I, I feel really good about that riddle. It's a good one. It's a tough mm-hmm. one. It's a fair one. And uh, yeah. it wasn't in the cards for me today. Over. Thank-, <laughs> Thank you, Stuart. Let's jump over to trivia. Matt picks up the question. Then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready. Time to use his wit. Pressure. 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 Trivia. Pressure. Trivia. I know it's not your favorite, but I'm going music trivia. Okay, sure. Let's do it. And I just feel, I feel like you should know this, so I, I don't know. Okay. I'm going to throw it out there. Depends I have two on the questions. Music. Depends on the music. I was a music major, by the way. <laughs> I know. Well, this is more of a music theory type question. Okay. or good, good, good. Music appreciation question, sort of. How many notes mm-hmm. are included in a chromatic scale? In a chromatic scale. All right. I'm seeing, uh, I always, the, the thing I trip up on here is if they include like C twice at the top of the scale or not. Uh, so it's, uh, I believe right off the bat, it's 12, but it could be 13. Let me just double check. Uh, I'm thinking of a piano. So I'm like literally, Matt could see me. I'm like doing all the chromatic piano moves here. One, two, three, four. Playing five, an invisible six, piano. Seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. 12. It's 12. And now can you explain how you well, how you went about figuring that out? Yeah, I basically uh, started on middle C. Mm-hmm. 
Then went C sharp. Now, why is it D. middle C? Uh, because it's the C in the middle of the piano or the middle okay. of the staff. Okay. Yeah. And then what? And then you just so chromatic is so a normal scale, you know, is a consistent of whole notes and half half note whole steps and half steps. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So sometimes you're skipping over notes on the piano um, and so forth, but sometimes. Like, for example, from E to F, there's no little black key in between. So, that's, right. you know, that's just right. a half step. So anyway, but if we heard a chromatic scale, is it instantly recognizable like Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sol, La, Ti, Do is? Uh, it would be because it sounds like kind of creeping up or creeping down. Like, so mm-hmm. you're, it's like do, 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 do. It's hitting every single key on the piano. So, and which uh, one is Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sol, La, Ti, Do? That would be uh, the way you're saying it right now. That's like a like a, just a major scale. Major scale. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so I'm gonna give you this. <laughs> a little bit of music theory there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I do have another question. Okay, great. And uh, I think this is actually the easier of the two. Oh, okay. What was Bob Marley's song "I Shot the Sheriff" really about? I don't think that's the easier one at all. <laughs> I always thought it was about him shooting a sheriff <laughs> um, and not shooting a deputy. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It is not actually about that. And okay. I do have choices if you need them. Um, I can tell you other fun facts like his uh, his former band's name or other songs. Let's get, let's get that in there. The Whalers? Right? Oh, okay. Got it. All right. I thought you were going to say like form, like, but prior to that. No, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Whalers are still active. Are there there, uh, uh, choices here? Yes, there are. Okay, let's hear them. So, was it about his record label? Mm -hmm. B, the media. Mm -hmm. C, birth control. Mm -hmm. D, Irish Republican Army. The last two seem so out of left field. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel like he was trying to make some sort of statement about the media or his label, like having control over his music or something like that. That's my instinct here. Mm -hmm. Uh, From the little bit of the lyric I know, it sounds like uh, perhaps media coverage of what, what they focus on and what they don't. But uh, I can't think of the rest of the lyrics off my top of my head right now. Right. Uh, I know there's a part that's like all around the world so that seems media driven to me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's going to be my guess. Is So as you were media. saying this, I, as you said, I don't think this is the easier of the two questions. I realized I didn't verify the answer yet. Oh, you so, don't even know. <laughs> no, my instinct immediately thought this has got to be media. Yeah, that's what For I'm whatever reason, I feel too. like I knew that. Um, I don't know. Let's find out. Hold on. It's, it's not. It's not the media. It's All not right. media. Let's try the record label as my second guess. Okay. I think that would have been mine too. No, it's okay. got to be the Irish Republican Army. Maybe. Here we go. I feel bad Don't for t- not it. knowing this, Matt. <laughs> oh, my God. It's birth control. <laughs> is there an explanation? There is an explanation. Let's wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. I felt like that one was like the most left field. I thought that was like on who wants to be a millionaire when the the fourth choice is just totally random. In 2012 documentary, Bob Marley, the making of a legend, Marley's ex-girlfriend reveals the origin of the lyrics to the surprise of many. 
She explains that the lyrics, Sheriff John Brown always hated me for what I don't know. Every time I planted a seed, he said, kill it before it grow, was actually in response to the fact that Marley was very opposed to her use of birth control pills. Oh, wow. That guy, yeah. I mean, once you would say that lyric, it makes sense. But, uh, well, combination of the lyrics here and company XIV, we might have to put explicit on this episode. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Wow, that was harder trivia than I expected. Yeah, let's stick to the music theory stuff. I can explain that. (laughs) I studied a lot of that. Random random meanings of lyrics. not gonna do as well but uh mm-hmm. i mentioned we should uh put a pin in the talk about travel but we because we have a uh, a question from our mailbag uh as well that actually i pulled out that has to do with travel so let's jump over to our mailbag the mailbag. i've got mail all right, so this is um, a couple weeks ago. Rob wrote in because uh, he was traveling during the holidays and especially traveling now during the pandemic and everything like this. Uh, you know, there's, you know, snow and COVID and all these things that could go wrong. So he writes in, have you had any incidents where you've had close calls or completely missed gigs due to travel? And how do you deal both logistically and mentally with these situations? I mean, on this podcast, we heard about you having to rush from a show to catch a plane to get places. Uh, but does anything memorable from your touring or anything like yeah. that come to um, mind? I definitely have some stories as well. Yeah. How to deal with it is mentally is a whole other story. Yeah. I don't necessarily have any tricks for that. I think the trick for that is, you know, a good level of motion, emotional intelligence just going into it in, mm-hmm. in everyday life, which we're all trying to achieve. Right. Um, whether, you know, it's 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 never necessarily easy. Um, but I think that that might be the secret to dealing with any situation that brings on stress. Um, meditation is is what helps me. But that doesn't apply specifically to this. Right. Um, but I think it I think it actually does because I, I think it applies to any situation that's super high pressure. Um, I've had lots of these, um, one that sticks out in my mind was I was doing like a family weekend and this was like right after America's Got Talent and like some sort of media tour. And then I had to go make it from where, whatever state I was in to Missouri or something. And it was like a family weekend and, uh, the flight was delayed. Uh, so I got there like two hours later and they just pushed the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah we were able to still do the show. It was just a couple hours later. Um, I pretty much almost, you know, pretty much the show must go on if mm-hmm. ever, if at all possible and never cancel. Right. It's always been sort of my, um, my motto. Of course, uh, COVID changes that. Sure. Uh, but I mean, outside of really extenuating circumstances, um, we've also told the story, I believe in a previous episode of um, a missed flight or, or a canceled flight where I had to take an Uber to Los Angeles to right. participate in a, a TV show and then take a eight hour Uber home because we hit such crazy traffic. Um, that was another crazy one. So I think the idea is to just, you know, stop, take a breath, think about it logically with um, your event planners, whoever's sort of on the other side of the, the, show putting it together and try to determine a plan of action and in some cases it might be you know how late are you going to be for whatever reason the travel delay and can the show still happen is there someone in that area that you can call that can sub for you 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we've ever done this, but if I ever had to, I certainly would. If it had to be a show, yeah, and you had to get something there and you just couldn't physically make it. Yeah, I guess yeah, I never, I feel like uh, I've never in the done past, that. There were times at the colleges when either either you did a show for me or I did a show for you at some point, but it was mm-hmm. it wasn't day of, last right. minute. Right. We knew ahead it, of time. Yeah. We knew ahead of time, okay, this isn't going to pan out. Um, and you know, you have someone that can do the gig. So I've done that quite a bit, uh, years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. not as easy to do now. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's tougher when they're specifically booking Matt Franco. (laughs) Yeah. When you get your ticket and then, yeah, no, it's not something I could do, but it is something that, um, you know, it's something we practiced for years, I would say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch of stories that come up for me and they all seem very much weather related or snow issues. Right. Um, I remember one was like uh, I had a gig in Milwaukee area or something like that, and the flight got canceled or the connecting flight got canceled. And the show was like this was a big gala. They needed the entertainment there. And I just remember, again, having that mentality is the show must go on. You got to find a way if possible. That's what makes you a pro is making sure you can problem solve and get there. And, you know, when the client's expecting you. So I remember flying into Chicago and then renting a car and like driving nine hours from Chicago or whatever to get to this gig just to be there in time. Uh, And they were so appreciative that they like, you know, because they had to be, year before and they're like oh we're definitely gonna have you again because of the commitment and the dedication Mm -hmm. you've had um there's other times when i was like there was another snowstorm and i drove through a blizzard to get to another airport that was still flying out so at certain times though you have to you know really gauge how much you're putting yourself in harm's way versus the you know a gig is a gig and if it doesn't happen it's not the end of the world you might loot cut ties with that client they might be upset but if you're literally risking your life you know you gotta value what's more important there um Mm -hmm. because that happened for a college i remember flying from new york to minneapolis and then i was supposed to do a show in iowa and it started snowing from minneapolis to iowa and all these flights started getting canceled and i remember getting on the plane like the plane was getting delayed And we were flying, and then literally the plane was about to touch down in Iowa, and the pilot decided the runway wasn't safe enough, and pulled back up, and we flew back to Minneapolis. Like I've never had that happen where I was so close to actually getting there and beating the weather, and then just at the last second, then turning around and deciding to go back. So when I insane when I went back to Minneapolis, I like called the client. I was like, "This is what happened. Uh, The flight couldn't make it there. I could hop into a." rental car and drive but again Mm -hmm. it's driving into a blizzard so Mm -hmm. the client was super understandable and they're like no like we'll just reschedule it we'll have it another time be safe so a lot of people are understanding that way and then i just flew back to new york so it was a very weird like i'm gonna fly to an airport and back in the same day but as long as i was safe and everything like that that's happened and then the other memorable story was there's another big blizzard i was flying out of newark and I, I saw the blizzard was coming, so I was able to change the flight to the day before. But then the weather was still bad the day before the gig. And as I was driving to Newark, flights I was seeing were getting canceled and canceled. And I was like, I'm already halfway. I'm almost like at the airport, so I'm going to see what they can do. And I get there, and I'm just like, all right, I see my flight's been canceled. What flight is still flying west? 
any flight right. at all. Just give me a flight. And they like right. hopped me on a flight to Salt Lake City. I spent the night there, an extra night. And then wow. the next day I was able to fly to Kansas where my gig was. <laughs> right. But like, just again, finding creative ways and problem solving. Uh, that's the key. That's the key phrase, problem solving. Yeah, yeah. And just having, trying to be cool under stressful situations it helps if you have status on an airline because you could call mm-hmm. the uh, the hotline and they'll they'll actually treat you like a person which is nice and yeah try, instead try of figure on hold out. for three hours sometimes it's you know much much faster than that so that's good <laughs> yeah yeah a good tip by the way if you have status is um and rather than bothering the gate agent at the gate where a lot of people are trying to f- solve things is go to the lounge and the mm-hmm. people in the lounge have sometimes better and faster access yep. to help you out um, so that's good. And calling the hotline works as well. Uh, but emotionally, yeah, it's just sometimes you got to succumb to the fact that you've done all you can do. Right. right? It is outside <laughs> your control. Mm-hmm. These are the acts of God clauses and contracts, why they have them. You know, it's like that, you know, the things that you can't control. Yeah. And even if it was your fault for whatever yeah. reason, if you missed a flight or something, the truth is, it's over. It, that mm-hmm. that part's done. It's just time yeah. to move forward with the problem solving. We can't let let that sort of impede our decision making and moving forward. Um, one example: uh, I was doing a gig in um, Connecticut. This was at uh, Ridgefield Playhouse, I believe. In uh, I guess Ridgefield, Connecticut, maybe. I guess, I guess. near yeah. Danbury. <laughs> um, and it was uh, snowing like crazy, but we made it there. And the audience still wanted to have a show, but a lot of the crew didn't make it in. Oh, okay. Uh, their their house crew. So our driver ran the spotlight for the no show. No way! <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, just to make it work, just to yeah. you know. I guess he had experience doing it. It wasn't his first time <laughs> operating a spotlight, but he did an amazing job. And yeah. uh, you know, sometimes it it's yeah, it's just you gotta figure figure out what what you can do. You gotta pivot. Yeah, and just, you know, knowing that you've done everything in your power to try and make it work. I mean, that's always going to be appreciated by, you know, the client, even if it doesn't, you know, go off the way they wanted it to, I think. Um, Yeah, and when I say the part about even if it's your fault, the point is you don't want to point fingers at anyone in that moment, right? It's not any, it doesn't matter whose fault or what's, if (laughs) the weather's fault or someone did this or that. It's just a matter of here we are, we're in this situation. What, What can we do to make this work? Should, is it a reschedule thing? Is it uh, mm-hmm. delay the show time? Is it mm-hmm. uh, have someone fill in? Is it we just have to cancel it all together and do a refund? Whatever it is, <laughs> you yeah. know, you, you, you figure out, okay, what are our options? And then just thinking about it sort of logically and um, trying not to get too emotionally involved in it, trying to figure out, okay, what's the best plan for everyone involved here? Yeah. You know? And I think it's also just important to remember how you're treating the customer service people that are behind the desk because they're trying to do their job as well. And, you know, we've all slipped up and have those moments where you're like a little bit ruder than you intend to be because of the pressure situation that you feel is the end of the world when it's really not. And then right. like, but I, I learned a good tip from uh, to like kind of uh, grease the wheel a little bit to make sure that some of that help is more helpful than it could be sometimes mm-hmm. uh and that was from a, a mutual friend of ours daniel martin who seems to be really really good with people behind the desk and kind of sweet talking them but it, he, he taught me the phrase it's like hey i know things are crazy and you know this is you know high priority for me but he always says like if you, there's anything to do 
you become you'll become a rock star you if you can work your magic and help me out like that like making that person feel good for wanting to help you mm-hmm. on the other end of the desk mm-hmm. rather than you know demanding or like being mean that's never going to help the situation in any way it's expressing you, empathy yeah exactly expressing empathy or just making them want to rise to the occasion to want to help you and work their magic in a way that they can, Mm -hmm. you know, change a flight, get you on a new thing or work out a deal. You know, that's, that's always the, the better way to approach it. And, uh, yeah, Dan is a master at that. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, so I hope, think that answers the question. Hopefully, those tips uh, help. And I know I've got a lot of travel coming up, including flights, and we're still in the thick of winter right now. So I'm knocking on wood that none of those, uh, <laughs> you know, blizzards or snowstorms affect my travels. But I'll I'll be prepared uh, to try and find out a solution. So thanks for writing yeah. in, Rob. Appreciate that. Just another month or so, and then you, we'll be through that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So hopefully your travels went well as well over the holidays, Rob, and uh, thanks for writing in. Absolutely. Great mailbag. Yeah, very good, very good. And feel free, if you have a question for us, to email at us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com or find that link on our website, Mind Over Magic Podcast. And uh, just give us any question you want us to answer. We'll do the best we can. Or just have a random topic you want us to discuss as well. We're happy to do that as well. Yeah, we love to have you as part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we won't be won't be chatting next week. So it's a little sad, but we already have our bank ready to go. We had an in person chat that we're going to be airing. Yeah. Um, but knowing that it's going to be a couple of weeks before we connect like this again, um, is there anything else you wanted to get into before I say over? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, there was one more thing I want to bring up. Uh, this yeah. was an interesting. I totally forgot I even wrote this uh, post, uh, but it happened a couple weeks ago on a uh, little magic forum bulletin board kind of place uh but it was an interesting topic and i want to hear your take on it too because Mm -hmm. um the poster uh the original person mentioned a mentalist they saw and they were a little what do you mean poster like online posts like a post yeah someone who did the post on what on uh, it was like on on a forum like okay a forum forum. okay got it and they talked about a mentalist they saw who uh, revealed the first kiss that someone was thinking of and ended up outing this person in front of their friends and family because it happened to be a same-sex kiss. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of the comments underneath were like, this is terrible, which, yeah, that situation does sound pretty bad. But they're like, this is why you shouldn't do this. This mentalist should change their... Their um, their the questions they ask. The, this is outdated. Get with the times. Stick to revealing, you know, people's favorite colors. You're not gonna walk on these, um, un un you know unfounded grounds, making people uncomfortable. And I kind of interjected and I wrote a little follow up that took it in a different direction. So I just wanted to read what I wrote, if that's okay, and get your thoughts on it. Okay. Um. So this is what I said. Uh, The problem actually isn't with the question, it's with the performer. The performer should make it clear that this is something that's going to be revealed. They need to be hyper aware of their participant and know any signs of hesitation or uncomfortableness. And most importantly, they need to give them an out or option if they don't want to proceed if they are not comfortable. Here's how I approach this type of performance, and I perform something like this in every one of my shows, both close up and in stage. First, I don't ask someone to think of a kiss. Rather, I ask them to think of a crush. 
uh, because it's a little less definitive. A crush can have a spectrum of importance from fleeting to meaningful, so they're free to choose someone they're comfortable remembering with rather than something so clear-cut and definitive as a kiss. Um, I'll look for someone who volunteers to participate, therefore obtaining the needed consent. On the occasion where everyone is hesitant and no one volunteers, I will pick someone, but again, constantly gauge their hesitancy so I can adjust and make them comfortable. Once again, to think of a crush and write it down, uh, if they seem apprehensive at all, I'll change the prompt. And it doesn't have to be your first crush, I'll say. It could be a first crush or a celebrity, or you can even make up a name to stand in for someone else. This puts the ball in their court to commit to whatever they feel is comfortable for you to reveal. Then you can proceed. They are confident that they know you're going to reveal out loud the name they're thinking of, and it's, they're okay for you to do so. I have on many occasions known before a reveal if the person is thinking of a name of the same sex or not. At this point, though, it's pretty clear if the person is comfortable with me revealing it. However, I'm still gauging the participant, and if they look apprehensive or show any regret about the name they thought of, I'll flat out ask them, are you okay with me revealing this to the audience? If they are resistant, I can still finish the routine by writing the name on a pad and showing just the participant and destroying the paper after. And then the audience will respond to the person's reaction to know if I was correct. And they never need to see what I actually wrote down. So I don't believe the question or the topic is off limits to your participant as long as it's handled properly and the participant gives consent and has multiple options to back out at any time throughout the process. There's so much to unpack here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well said, number one. We should have mm. dove into this topic right after I said, hi, I'm Matt Franco. Because we could just... <laughs> no, that's totally fine. We could go long, too, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot It's a lot to mm. unpack. First of all, yeah, really, really well said. There were so many things in there that I loved. I love the... I mean, that seemed like the obvious choice that people might avoid was like, are you comfortable with me revealing it or no? Right. So easy to say, mm-hmm. but we don't always mm-hmm. think of those things, but it's really important in just gauging how they're reacting, whether or not they're, um, you know, comfortable or not. You can read that language and you can ask them if you're unsure. But the other thing I really loved, which is just one of the many nuggets of awesomeness that um, were sort of read through rather quickly in this. Uh, and where did you release this? Uh, just again, a private little forum. Oh, like, like literally, yeah. this isn't, this isn't something you published in like a mentalism, something you literally nope. replied to the forum with that. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Just <laughs> let the free knowledge flow. Oh my <laughs> gosh. This is what the internet's for. Okay. Mm-hmm. The part I really liked too was where you said, or you can just make up a name. And the, the reason I like that mm-hmm. is because it actually in a way can make the effect stronger. Well, that's exactly what happened when I did this effect for Sharon Osbourne. And she yes, made up, she yes, made up actually, a name. Now that you mentioned it, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And she was even more impressed because it wasn't something I could look up on the internet or know right. her story as a celebrity of who her crushes were. And she's mm-hmm. just like, I made up a name and I never went with someone that was named that. And that was more impressive. And I like that idea of you're using it as a substitute for something that you might not be comfortable revealing. But again, it's all based off the person. And I don't think it's wrong to you know ask something personal of someone because i think you are going to be it's going to be amazing but again it's they got to be willing to go there you got to have their consent uh to be part of that 
type of intimacy if you're going for that. And again, mm-hmm. my show is in a way that it's a lot of comedy too, so everyone knows I'm not going to really go, you know, too serious with anything, but some of those personal reveals do get bigger reactions cuz they are personal, but you just got to make sure you're not forcing someone to get involved when they don't want to be No, but it, I'll tell you, yeah. you, you, you never know what you're going to get when you do audience participation. You just mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. And it's a great trade, if you ask me, to to sacrifice the emotional aspect, depending on what else you do in your show, of course. But it's, it's a pretty fair trade to sacrifice the emotional aspect to have the effect be stronger by them going, oh my God, I just, I just made up a name. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it could have been anything. And somehow he still knew what I was thinking. Um, that is, is a nice substitute if you can't do Mm -hmm. the, um, the emotional side, you know? Yeah. And again, having a small little intimate moment with that person, if they didn't want to reveal it to that, they're okay with me revealing it and knowing it but not the audience of having writing on the board and just showing them like i feel like that's even cool theatrically it is and everyone kind of being like oh what did he write down is like oh there's a little secret between this person and the participant but that we're not privy to right but obviously it had an impact because of their reaction so now we can react as an audience to that i think that is just really fun i wonder i wonder if there's something there that could be done where you sort of manufacture that emotional moment where you intentionally have a reveal in your show that you're only sharing with that one person with one person. Yeah, definitely. You know, I I think there could could be something said for that because right now it's an out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so you're not doing it all the time. Right. I I assume you have done it. Yeah. 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 But, um, it's not like you've done it hundreds of times where it's like, I I know this is what happens most of the time. Sometimes this happens, you know, you don't really know all the, the, but if you did it every time, you could probably manufacture a really cool moment there Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. is like a, I don't know. I, I think there's a way to do that without alienating the audience where they appreciate that you're keeping it private. Right. Right. Exactly. I think there's something there. I, I would explore it if I were a mentalist. And it just adds different layers of texture because a lot of times it's writing things down and showing the audience and them reacting and so forth. So having something that just changes it up so it's not that kind of reveal and making it more of a small, introspective, private moment just adds a different style to that performance. I it's feel. like a trick that keeps on giving because the an- it's unresolved. and there's But yeah. it's resolved for that person, but it's yeah. a little bit unresolved for the audience in a way that... Mm-hmm. That feels fulfilled because they see them react, but at the same time, they walk away just with that that little bit of unresolve, which if that's what you're going for, there, there's something there. I don't know. Yeah. And like the, other, the other thing that I wanted just to drive home is like, as a performer, just be a decent human being and care mm-hmm. about the people that you bring up on stage. You want to make sure that they look like superstars. It's that improv idea of make your scene partner look better than you. Um, so anyone who comes up on stage, you want to treat them with respect. Uh, I know people who have not wanted to participate in magic shows based off of other magicians they've seen treat audience members abusively mm-hmm. or make fun of them or so forth. Or even in the same show, see how they treated a participant leading up to that moment mm-hmm. when they're asking for volunteers or so forth that don't want to be part of it. So I think just be genuine and like care about them because, again, they've not been on stage. They might not know what they're getting into. Treat them with respect treat them how you would want to be treated if you were brought up on stage. That's a a really great point. So if you're Mm -hmm. a performer and you do audience participation and you notice throughout the show, people become more eager to participate, you're doing something right. 
Yeah, yeah. But if you notice the opposite, you've got to really examine mm-hmm. what's going on. Mm-hmm. Is there any moments of consent or anything for your show? I mean, you like we mentioned it even earlier. You you take someone's phone out of their hands <laughs> during mm-hmm. your show, which is mm-hmm. such a personal object to people, and mm-hmm. to trust you with your phone. Mm-hmm. You, how do you approach finding the right person and making sure they're comfortable? even in moments where it seems like they might not get their phone back. <laughs> right. Um, well, we've talked about how we choose the right person before, mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll go for the second half of that, which was more the, the consent thing. Yeah. Which the answer is really simple, and you already touched on it. I mean, volunteers. Yeah, volunteers. I go by people who are choosing to, to volunteer. Um, if there's someone that's like not volunteering but I want them to, I'll encourage them to volunteer. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I'll, I'll encourage their participation and say, oh, can you hold, you know, I tell people, hold your phone up. And if I say, oh, can you hold yours up? Yeah, hold it a little higher. And I start giving them some instructions to see how they respond to that interpersonal communication. Um, but I, I, I literally ask permission verbally for that, for that particular routine. I literally yes. say, I'm because I'm having everyone hold up their phones, it's a little bit different than volunteering. Right. Because now it's an instruction for the whole audience. Mm-hmm. So... I literally say, uh, and I'm I'm trying to think of whatever the exact dialogue is, Um, I might have you help me, because at that point I don't know 100% yet, because we got to check, make sure they have enough battery, their phone's not going to die, yada, yada. But I say, I might have you help me if that's okay, would you mind? And assuming I get um, affirmation, I move on to the next part, you know? But um, yeah, it's literally just a verbal confirmation. Yeah, and I think too, you're constantly checking in with the person. I think yeah. the the downfall where things can really go wrong is if you, anyone performer goes on autopilot or like this is the way that it has to go and I'm just going to, you know, bulldoze my way through the routine cuz this is how the way I want it to be, then right. you're not caring about that person you're participating with. Mm-hmm. And having the ability to constantly check in read their body language, get yeses along the way is so important. And that way, if you do see any hesitation or uncomfortableness, you can go off script. You can have use those improv skills that I keep you know, championing and make adjustments on the fly so that you can you know, make sure that they are comfortable and they're happy and a willing participant. Happened to me last night. I had a kid on stage, um, maybe nine-year-old girl, and uh, she um, was very enthusiastic in terms of volunteering, came up, became very nervous. And right around that same moment, I look out in the audience and I see her mom taking like an illegal photo of her from, in, you know, from halfway back in the crowd. And I, so I just called it out. I said, hey, mom, what are you doing? You taking an illegal photo over there? It's not going to look good from there. If you're going to do that, at least come up here and do it. Oh, funny. So I bring the mother down to the, the center aisle right up to the stage to take a photo. And her son followed her. <laughs> so I was like, eh, give an inch, take a mile. Sure. Yeah. All right, get him up here too. And I kept both of them up there for the whole rest of the routine because it was more mm-hmm. comfortable for her. Yes. Now oh, her brother's nice. there. Now it's, you know what I mean? There's no yeah. pressure. It's yeah. so, I mean, I'll that's do great. anything. And I, and I think the other thing too is, and we've talked about this a little bit is just expect anyone, um, adult or child, expect anyone who's not a performer that you bring on stage, expect them to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Just go yeah. into it expecting, even if it comes off as overconfidence, Mm-hmm. If, if you read it as they're being loud or a jerk, don't don't read that as what it is. This person is not on stage all the time. Expect them to not necessarily know exactly what to do, what to say, what timing is, and all of that. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and then they, you'll be much more empathetic to their behavior. 
Yeah, they don't have the flight time of being on stage as much as we do or not comfortable with the Ooh. lights and the pressure and the audience looking at them. You it's know? more than that. It's yeah. um it's uh it's a number one fear for a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even if they forget in the moment mm-hmm. and they throw their hand up and they think, oh, this is, I want to be up there. And then they get up there and go, oh my God, now I see why this is a fear. Um, it's another thing I do too is I keep the audience really, really dark, especially if I have a child on stage. I find it to be a little bit um, counterproductive to have the audience be brightly lit. So they can see their faces. Yeah. The person will feel everyone looking at them. Mm-hmm. So So I find keeping the audience dark, particularly in those moments, to be helpful. That is a great tip. Yeah. Lower those lights and then you don't have the faces glowing. If you have the ability to do it. Yeah. That's really, really a great tip. But also this is all just saying, too, I think the audience is going to appreciate those moments when you are present and you are in the moment. And again, those moments where anything can happen. That's why people go to live theater is to to see the performer make those adjustments, you know, and uh And make sure that that show is tailored for that audience. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what they like. So Mm -hmm. anyway, very cool. But no, great job on that response. I honestly thought as you were reading it, like I thought you, the, the forum was a separate thing. And then you, something, you know, inspired you to publish something in, you know, uh, 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 whether it be digital or print, like a magazine or something in the industry. (laughs) That's what I honestly thought you wrote. But you just literally did that as a response. (laughs) Yeah, maybe I'll submit that elsewhere now. You should. Uh, We'll see. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. But I I wanted to make sure that our our listeners at least got to hear that because I think this, again, private forum had like, you know, just a handful of people who saw me write that. And I do think it's an important uh, part of performing. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you for bringing that up. Please uh, please join us next week because we have an awesome in-person episode coming to you. So, Yeah, yeah well, we, yeah, we got an awesome bank episode next but week. But it's an in-person one. It is, oh, yeah, yeah, right. We are. That was from when we were together in Vegas. That's yeah, great. no, it's, it's probably yeah. one of the better episodes we've done. You know, we got the in-person yeah. um, energy, which is, which is great. So. That is a lot of fun. Let's uh, jump over to our goals, Matt. A goal we had last time uh, for you was just to turn your outline into a script because we were talking about scripting and some upcoming television spots for you. How'd you do? Yeah, Um, I've done it. uh, It's still an outline, but it has been filled out a little bit more. Ooh, okay, that's good. That's a good next step. Flesh out that outline. Next step. I'm waiting, you know, to uh, actually have some props in the hand before I can really. Do it and be like, okay, this is the script. But yeah, yeah, my goal is to continue. I have a couple of things that I got to work on for for those things. So that that's my goal still. Yeah, and that's also good to once you have the props and you can do some run throughs. And again, you're improvising some of the dialogue at the time. But then the more you improvise it, the more it becomes set, and then it becomes yes. more of a script. And then mm-hmm. as we're talking to our previous point, once you have the script, you know you can improvise away from it and always come back to the script. And so. that's a perfectly good way to write a script, by the way, is to mm-hmm. not not necessarily on stage in front of the audience, but uh, in you, when you during your run through and practicing it, just record your improvisation and then fix it. Absolutely. Uh, my goal last week was to fix my website that was not working with the unless you had the www in front mm-hmm. of it, uh, and I fixed it. I <laughs> it was. I just had to relink. There's some weird DNS issues. I had to relink from my provider to my hosting, and it's it's all up and running again, which is good because I have some virtual shows coming up. So, oh, thank you for the dig. <laughs> so my upcoming goal for the next two weeks, uh, since I'm gonna be traveling, I'm just gonna I'm gonna focus on um, just uh, really really narrowing in on my shows and making sure those shows go. Is that too much of a cop out? Uh, I've had worse, so I'll let it go. 
focus on good shows. But like really just again getting into the rhythm and getting making sure that all the rust is gone and just uh you know polishing it up and making it that next level that one degree better that we mm-hmm. were talking about before. Mm-hmm. So uh fantastic. Excellent. Uh people can buy tickets to your show, Matt? They sure can. We're on sale at mattfranco.com, ticketmaster.com, Magic Reinvented Nightly in Las Vegas. Come check us out at the Link Hotel and Experience. Wonderful. And you can uh, visit my website, ericdittleman.com. If you want me to come to your town and perform, uh, if you have an event, a party, uh, a college, a corporate uh, you know, awards banquet, and you want some entertainment, hit me up there. <laughs> Send me an inquiry. We'll ding, get back ding, to ding. Absolutely. And you can visit, like I said, our website, mindovermagicpodcast.com, where you can email us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com with any questions or comments or suggestions or topics for us to talk about. If you've got a trivia question or a riddle, we like user-submitted, listener-submitted um, prompts as well for that. And uh, hit us up on the socials, at mindmagicpod. And do us a favor, if you would. Uh, Tell someone who you think might enjoy this podcast. Uh, we're constantly growing our listenership. If you just, uh, I've, I've been trying to do little clips of the episodes each week, uh, even just passing those along to a friend, see what they think. Maybe it'll pique their interest, uh, get them to, to tune into a full episode sometime. Uh, so feel free to follow us on those socials where you can easily share. Uh, and we're at Mind Magic Pod. Thank you for listening. This has been Mind Over Magic. Over. Ha 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 ha